we present them with challenges that are imaginative metaphors for the kind of things you face every day, like an avalanche of naysayers, right? So if you're going to start out as an entrepreneur and you have an adventure going on, you need to know how to handle that because it's going to come up. You are listening to Amplify Your Success Podcast, episode 349. And today we're going to learn how to gamify your coaching business to make it even more impactful. You ready for this? Let's get started. Welcome to the Amplify Your Success Podcast. Get ready to ramp up your revenue, amplify your impact, and make your mark in the world. This is the show for experts, thought leaders, and service professionals who want to shatter their limits and achieve that next level. You're going to find out from other experts and influencers how they made it. Now, let's get Amplified. Hey there, inspired entrepreneurs and business leaders. It's your host, Melanie Benson, authority amplifier and possibility igniter to expert-based entrepreneurs. Today, I have a guest joining us that is very near and dear to my heart. You'll know why in a minute. Um, But this idea of gamifying your coaching business or really any business is so intriguing to me. It's not the way my brain normally works, even though I love playing games. Like part of our family dynamics, the way we bond and connect with each other is playing games. And the idea of using gamification to increase results is a very powerful concept. So our guest today is going to share a little bit about how he's pulled that off. Now, Before I introduce our guest today, when you think about your coaching business, I want you to ask yourself three questions. Is your coaching business making the impact you're hoping for? Is your coaching business making the money you need it to, let alone what you hope for? And do you feel great passion and joy running your coaching business? I ask that because when you offer any kind of coaching, consulting, training to your your market, it's very easy to slide into all the doing and not have the experience that you want. I have a framework that I have been using since the very beginning of my career as a coach in 2000. It's what put me on the map in the beginning. It's what I've used every time I want to pivot direction or ramp things up. And it helps me say, yes, I'm having the experience I want to those three questions. And if you would like access to that framework, then before you do anything else, head over to amplifywithmelanie.com and gain access to my proven framework that will accelerate your authority and help you add another six figures or your first six figures to your business this year. This is a very powerful framework when you have all seven of the elements in place and performing at an optimum level. And if you don't, please reach out, let me know. I'd love to be the person that helps you outperform your best year yet. All right, now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back, Amplifiers. Today, we're exploring how to gamify your life and your business. And I have a real treat for you. Let me introduce you to our guest today, Michael Stratford. Now, he's the founder of a new movement called the Million Quest Consciousness. 
A Million Quest is defined and designed to positively affect the lives of one million sentient beings. To support this, in 2002, he began creating a gamified experiential adventure in self-transcendence called Million Quest, Seven Realms of Self-Mastery. Michael has been coaching for over 30 years and became a certified master coach in 1999. In addition, he's created curriculum for five coaching training organizations, is currently training coaches in China since 2014, and has trained over 8,000 coaches worldwide. He's written four books on coaching, including Masterful Questions, Hungers, The Hidden Motivators, Directed Evolution, and The Game of Coaching. And on a personal note, Michael was my very first coach ever. Ever, Michael, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> it was so cool to kind of come full circle with you after, you know, I kickstarted my whole coaching <laughs> career with you, bumbling about, bumping into walls, a bull in a china shop, as you so lovingly continue to <laughs> remind me that uh, you, you gave me one of my most favorite sayings. That every time I say it, I give you full credit that, uh, Sometimes you need to slow down to speed up. And that was that was a paradigm shifter for me and a testament to your mastery coaching. So thanks for joining me in this really fun conversation we're going to have today. Oh, you're welcome. It's For me, it's just a great gift to see the blossoming of you into this, this clearly congruent and connected self-expression of Amplify Your Success. This is, you know, as I've listened to some of the recordings, you know, I've noticed how um, how much a fit it is for you, mm. you know, and how much it seems to feel like home that you would help others amplify their success. So this is just a joy for me to be here today. Thank you. I know you must feel like a proud dad. I don't know, like pop, like whatever that <laughs> feeling is <laughs> when you see your early coaching clients blossoming. Uh, well, and it's like, Gardner, yes, maybe. Awesome. Gardner, yes, there you go. <laughs> Find the right metaphors, Melanie. Get the metaphors aligned there. Well, let's talk a little bit about this idea of gamification. And I think so many of us experience the gamification, the game that that is playing in our lives all the time and and how it starts to to like i don't even know if expressing itself is the right word but how it maybe plays out for us but give us your framework for what does it mean that everything is a game and how does that maybe create some unique potential for us in this world well first it goes back to when i was researching games early and found seven elements that are consistent with all games all over the world, all through history. They all have distilled down to these seven elements. But what I found was that I looked up the origin of the word game, and it came from two places, Anglo-Saxon, Gaumen, and um, ancient Frisian, which was Gaumen. And the definition of it was joy, for one, and communion with others, which is participation with others. And so while we've had a context that games are this frivolous activity that only children play, what we didn't recognize were several things. One, the first, games are the first place in which we learn the muscle called assigning meaning. 
The only reason a touchdown in American football means anything is because we say it does. So we assign meaning to the game. We assign meaning to the outcome. We make it up. And that's the second part, is that just like a kid in the backyard, you know, when we didn't have a whole lot of toys or we're just out there randomly playing, we would make up a game. And you watch kids now, they'll make up a game out of anything. You know, they'll get a stick and it'll become some object and they'll make up a game with rules and they'll play together and all that sort of stuff. And that's an extraordinary muscle. And that is the recognition that everything we do is a made up game through the entire course of history. At one point, there was no such thing as a corporation. It became a made up game. Society was a made up game. You know, so we've been making up games all of our lives. The unfortunate part of it, which prompted me to go into this direction, was my own awareness that we're born into someone else's ongoing game, which is basically saying we're playing someone else's game with rules we didn't pick and players we didn't choose, and we wonder often why we're not having a winning experience. So that pushed me into the direction of it. And then also watching my son learn when he was stacking blocks, I learned that he, um, was becoming aware of concepts and things like that just while playing. He was growing, evolving, developing just in the process of stacking blocks. He was learning gravity. He was learning hand-eye coordination. He was learning perseverance. He was learning balance. He was learning all these things, but that wasn't the purpose. And even Harvard Business Review many, many years ago put out an article called Online Learning Labs, where they explored some of the online games and said, those are great leadership training places. So we learn much more powerfully through the experience of play. And games are a great place for that. So this is my framework to help people rejig their, their life through the lens of a game so that they can have it feel like it's the best game they ever played. And why not? Because when you look at it, what child needs to be motivated to play? We all need to be motivated to work. I worked and coached in corporations all the time. And there was always this thing about motivating our, our uh, direct reports, getting engagement, all that sort of stuff. Well, you know what? If work, felt like the best game you ever played, no one would help tell you you had to do it. You would do it. You watch kids all day long. They just have to um, continue to experience it as a game. So that's the sort of gist and frame for me is how to help people see it and then actually take practical moves, action steps to change it so that the game fits them instead of playing by somebody else's game. I love it. As you're talking, I was thinking you're talking about people that change the rules. You can make up your own rules. I was remembering my niece at two years old and the way she liked to play was she would make up a game and tell you the rules. And then, she, you know, five minutes later, she had new rules. 
<laughs> and I and I was thinking about that, like how frustrating that was for me, because one of my constructs, if you will, or constructs around the way my brain works is like, I want to know the rules so I can win the game. Like, yes. I want to play the game right, so to speak. <laughs> and when people keep changing the rules, I'm like, I don't know how to play the game. And, and so my question that was really like surfacing from this is, I think some people are people who they just enjoy playing the game and they can really embrace the joy of the how they're interacting with others and what the game is bringing up for them. And they get really just enjoyment from the game itself. And then there are others who are so focused on winning the game <laughs> that that's like, they're, they're just tunnel vision. Like, what do I need to do to win the game? Yes. So it, it's just made me really curious in your idea of gamification as a way to move through business and life differently. Are we focused on winning the game or are we focused on enjoying the game or some of both? Like what is the the way through it? Well, there are a couple of things. Um, one is that people don't actually examine their definition of winning thoroughly enough. Okay. So um, people often examine it in terms of tangibles. Like if I, my business is a success. Well, and so I've won, you know, we have high profit. Yeah. And if you ran yourself into the ground, lost your relationship with your family, is it still a success? Did you still win? So one of the questions that I keep having people ask is, given that we're all going to die, what's the experience of your life that you want to have on a daily basis between now and then? And have that help support your definition of winning, because if you win at all costs, meaning you sell your soul, you give out your integrity, other people are damaged in it, is that really winning? So one of the seven elements consistent to all games is a definition of winning. What is winning really? And when you look at amplifying your success, are we looking at amplifying your success experience? And what therefore is a win? when you amplify your success. You know, I don't want to win at the cost of losing relationship with my wife. That's not a win for me. Hmm. Um, the second thing is, is that in games, and it's one of my favorite quotes, if I can share this with you. It's from Phil Jackson, who was a seven-time NBA championship coach for both the Chicago Bulls and for uh, the Los Angeles Lakers. And he said, in the long run, nothing's more important than the evolution of consciousness. Winning championships is the greatest feeling in the world, but it passes. And even the best case scenario, it's just a byproduct. What doesn't pass is the opportunity it offers each individual player for personal growth and evolving consciousness. So the real win in the game is who you become in the attempt to win. That's the real win because that's what carries into the next game you play, who you have become. Someone wins an Olympic gold, fabulous, great moment in time. But if you look at women's gymnastics at 23, they're done. You know, so yes, maybe you won the gold at 23, 24. Now what? what carries with them what the real win is everything they have learned and who they've become in the process 
of seeking the win, that carries through the rest of their lives long after the event of what we call a win. So I heard a couple of things in what you just shared, which are so profound. And, you know, I, I as you're listening in today, I, I, I feel like we're have a, having a master class that's going to evolve us on several levels. One of them is just presenting some new ideas, but another is we're having many of our brain cells recalibrated as we go through <laughs> this today with Michael and, and be prepared to leave this conversation today um, elevated in your thinking and your way of being. So just got to lay that in here. <laughs> um, so what I heard though is, yes, it's about who we're becoming, but it's also, it's important to understand what successful outcome is, what kind of successful outcome is meaningful to you, the individual. And I love how you started this conversation today with, you know, we are entering into a game, most of us, where someone else has defined the rules. And what if, like, imagine for a moment that you um, reclaimed the game and you you designed the game you want to play and defined the rules to that game, what might shift in your world? Um, and I think that's really why you're teaching what you teach now around gamification and your seven realms of mastery. Absolutely. Because you look at, and this is, there are, two, there are two things that prompted when you were talking about that. One is that every piece of innovation has come from someone breaking the rules and saying, yeah, I think I want a better mousetrap. I know the way it's been done, et cetera. You know? And that means uh, extending that to um, the game that fits you. So you look at it, and if you really examine it, for every job that ever was, at one time, it never was. It's a new game made up. 40 years ago, or 50 maybe, there was no such profession as web designer, except that funny little eight-legged creature in your backyard, right? Making, spinning a web. Spiders were the original web designers. So that was a profession that came out of somebody wanting to have a game, a life, fit things they love doing. You look at the X Games. That I'm sure parents told a lot of kids, you can't make any money skateboarding. Stop it and go back and do your homework. Except they found a way to do that, the X Games. Now you have the online gaming world where they have tournaments and people make hundreds of thousands of dollars and their teams. And on top of it, skateboarding is now an Olympic event. So approaching it as if it's a game brings back possibility of not being subject to all the games that already exist and potentially creating a game that fits you like the best shoe you ever wore. Mm. I love it. Let's um, let's unpack your seven realms of self-mastery mm. because I'm very intrigued. Because So first of all, gamification as a concept is so intriguing to me. It's not my natural state, even though I love playing <laughs> games, but it's not my natural way my brain works. And so I love hearing how somebody's used a framework of gamification inside their business model. So would you share sure. this, how these seven realms work as a way of thinking for yourself? First of all, do you want to play this game with Michael? But also, <laughs> how could you create a gamification 
concept in your business. So take us through the seven realms. Okay. So having been in the role of coach for 30 years, what I found was that there were seven realms, so to speak, of consistent challenges that all of the challenges that my clients brought to me fell into one of these realms. And the realms are self, meaning who you are, your uniqueness, um, vitality, your health, et cetera, creation, what you bring into the world, whether it's a product or service, relationship, meaning your relationship with yourself, the people around you, community, family, business partners, um, participation, which is how you take the things that you have brought into the world and, and then exchange and share them with the rest of the world and how you play with other people. Wealth, which is a natural consequence of sharing all of that stuff out into the world. And then coexistence, which is how one recognizes the, whether you want to use the word quantum entanglement or you want to use a spiritual oneness concept, or you just want to look at the practical reality that we're all connected. Something happens in another country, it affects us. And we need to be able to live well with other people. So they, all the challenges came in there. And to be honest, since I've had this game frame, I got tired of sitting through conferences and programs and trainings that were so dry, dull, confronting, etc., in a way that didn't enliven me. And so I looked at it and I said, so what's, how can I bring people along in their self-mastery? And self-mastery for my definition is, it's not about controlling the circumstances. It's about relating well to the circumstances that present themselves to you. That's self-mastery. So it's about up-leveling, even to the point of self-transcendence. Um, and then I looked at, so what is it that I love? If I'm going to make a game of this, what do I love? I love theater. I love magic. I love fantasy worlds. I love all of that sort of stuff. So I put together this adventure experience for people that is both online and offline in three different events where we take people to three different worlds, if you would, gamified worlds, even with some cosplay. And we present them with challenges that are imaginative metaphors for the kind of things you face every day, like an avalanche of naysayers, right? So if you're going to start out as an entrepreneur and you have an adventure going on, you need to know how to handle that because it's going to come up. You're going to get that all the time or the pit of despair or the demons of doubt. And so the imagination language of these metaphors Working with people in groups of uh, seven within this adventure, and we only work with seven people. And then I thought, I don't want to do this all alone. Game is about communion. That's where the joy is. So I also have six other people. We call ourselves sages, each one who has mastery in one of those realms. And this gives people an adventure experience where they get to face challenges that they're going to face in their real life, but almost in a laboratory where they can experiment and practice and grow the muscles of it. And then I thought, oh, that's great. But how do you test whether or not they've actually leveled up? Well, you have to give them a challenge, a game that is worth playing. And for me, 
just getting one more client is not going to pull out your potential. It's not going to pull out your greatness. It's not going to test who you are and what you have moved. So we came up with the million quest to positively affect the lives of one million sentient beings. And so we prepare people and then we challenge them with their circle to pursue a real life million quest. They decide, but we're not sort of letting them off the hook going, oh yeah, I got this cool information and it's a big bucket of so what? The only way you know whether or not you really have it in you is to go for the gold. Go for Everest and see what's in you. And Million Quest does that. Mm -hmm. So that's really the gist of all of it. And millionquest.com is the website where you can see the, the other cool part of approaching things as a game is that it draws out your creativity and imagination. And that's powerful. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking about playing a game there again, like there's so many things that can shift and you have to adapt to, and you have to navigate that are unexpected. And you, there is no script of how it all rolls out. And so you do have to have tools that you can pull from at any moment. Yes. <laughs> and, and I think if we, if we are really like honest about being a business owner an expert based entrepreneur, whatever you call yourself, um, running a business is the ultimate game that up levels you or it derails you like it destroys you right yes. and it's like you had to be willing to to dance in the unknown and figure out what's coming next and pick yourself up and play the game again and it's like you said it's just an ongoing exploration so i could see how gamification through your seven realms would be so transformational but also just to recognize like hey our business is just a game. And if you stop taking yes. it so seriously and make everything so um, black and white, it has to be this or that, and you really approach it like a game, imagine how you might play that game differently, knowing it's not just about winning and getting to the million dollar business or the, you know, um, getting a million followers on Instagram or whatever yes. you define the game to be. It's really about who are you becoming in that game and how is that? part of your evolution as a human being that's you grabbed it you absolutely grabbed it and the seven realms is a place where people get to try stuff out we have two categories of experiences we throw a bunch of perils at them they're called the perils like i mentioned avalanche of naysayers demons of doubt the river of incompletions all that stuff that you haven't been finishing Okay, so if you can handle it in a relatively risk-free environment, then when you go out in the world, you're ready for it. But we also give people magical arts, you know, mindsets of mastery, and we give them what we call spells of power, and we give them um, things like uh, agilities and auspicious influences and how to engage with invisible forces and all that sort of stuff. Again, tapping people's imagination because the imagination is what fuels us all. Yeah. Ah, oh, love it. Okay, so let's drill this down a little bit and yep. really go into the idea that if we were to gamify um, the way we approach business, let's just play this game for a mm -hmm. minute. Mm -hmm. Could you give us one 
activity to play in our business right now. Let's just imagine that somebody, let's bring wealth, the game of wealth into it. Like somebody's mm -hmm. been really hitting a premature ceiling of what kind of income they wanted to make. Mm -hmm. It's an activity that might help them shift the paradigm in which they're approaching this and have a better experience. Well, it depends, but they, the, um, in the seven elements, it can be approached through any number of, uh, of those. So one of them is the name of the game. What's the name of the game you're playing in attempting to get wealth? Is it the, I'm going to get wealth no matter what? Is it the, I'm going to get wealth forcing this, this particular method, um, which made me mindful of, uh, of Kelsey's brand, um, conversation on the recent podcast where she said, you know what, if you're not a person who loves and enjoys and it can be authentic on video, then don't do it. Find a different way. So there's that. Um, but what's the name of it? Um, the environment, the game board. What game board are you playing on? I know from my original days in coaching when we were first doing it all, a lot of people were trying to play on the game board of corporate. They wanted to all be executive coaches because they thought that's where the money was. But they were ill-fitted for that game. It didn't play well for them. So they didn't have much success. When they shifted to find the game that fit them with the kind of players that was necessary, that then they were more, more successful and they, of course, gathered more wealth. Um, another one would be to examine the players in your game. Are the players in your game all in harmony? We see this in sports teams. Some people are there just for their own personal stats. Some people are there. So are the, is there alignment in the players? But one last one I would offer is the examination of rules. What rules are you playing by that might be constraining you? That are old rules. They're not your rules. They're someone else's rules. So the rule that you have to play, for example, in every aspect of social media might be getting in your way. And because it is a meme that's out there that says, oh, yeah, you got to be all over the place, Facebook, Instagram, all of this sort of stuff, that might get in the way if that's not where the fit of the game is for you. And so you start to subtract. And this is a really powerful tool, the principle of subtraction. You subtract that which does not align with how you want to play the game of wealth. Because mm -hmm. anything that doesn't align with you creates friction. And it will also block your intuition. So that you can't see new moves on the board because you're so busy trying to play by somebody else's rules that don't fit you like running a long distance in shoes that are too tight all that's going to happen is you're going to get blisters and mess up your feet for the long term <laughs> yes. talking to all the ladies out there that have been wearing heels too long <laughs> yes i am yes <laughs> yeah okay so my brain's on fire michael and i and so i want to kind of bring some practical like kind of tactical level things to what you just said so if you know 
name the game and make sure the name of the game is the game that you really are wanting to play, right? So name the game so that the game is one you want to actually win at or enjoy playing both. Um, I want to dig into a little bit more of this, like who are the players on your team? So I want to speak to the entrepreneurs out there who have been hiring and you've Mm. hired people that are actually hindering your growth. They're not taking things off your plate. They're requiring micromanagement. Those are things you might want to explore subtracting. Could you remove people who are not um, making the game fun for you right now? Let's look at the clients you're attracting. Are you attracting the clients who are making the game fun? Or are you feeling resentful and a lack of joy showing up to serve those clients? You might want to consider renaming the players on the board who become your clients. And there's just so many ways in which we surround ourselves in an environment. Like, do you like the environment that you're in in your business? Do you identify with those people? Or is it time to maybe shift the playing field a bit? So look at the ways that these seven realms that Michael is referring to. How could you look at that, the name of that game you want to play and say, Am I, is my game set up for me to succeed at this and enjoy it? Or am I actually playing a game I don't even want to play? Yes. And you mentioned something about players. I did work with a, with a uh, newspaper company in Ohio. And we were looking at that and presenting all of this. And one of the things that I asked them was, so if you examine all the players on your team right now, do you have a team that will take you to the championship? And they said, at first they were like shocked and they were kind of saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they said, really? Once you define what the championship is for you, do you have a championship team? And they went, oh, no. I said, so with that information, what do you want to do about that? And they came up with some things. Some of them was to focus on developing some of the existing players because that was possible. But other players were like, and we've we've heard these stories all the time on certain sports teams where somebody is toxic. They're a drain. They cost you things, you know? And we don't up-level ourselves in our leadership capacity to deal with that because we want to make nice at the price of the success of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Players is an enormous component in this. And then we also don't treat them because there are three levels of players. There are franchise players, players your game can't do without. There are role players, players like my accountant in my life is a role player. She's good. She's very good. She can be, however, replaced. Okay. Franchise player can't be replaced. My wife, for example, in the game of my life, I change that player. The franchise folds. Okay. And then you have what I call utility players, which are people who can sub in kind of like your friends who will come over for pizza and beer and help you change, you know, paint your apartment. They're good at a lot of things, but not masterful at any single thing. So they each require different levels of care and attention. Role players like to get paid. Franchise players like to get paid and like to feel special. Utility players just like to be clear about 
how they can help you and that you're going to help them. Yeah, I love those. That's so good. Uh, and I'm just going to add to it that remember that uh, all the passion in the world does not exclude the importance of skill in some of those roles. And sometimes we hold on to people who have lots of passion, but don't bring the skill and it's costing yes. a lot. It's not helping you win the game. <laughs> so that's a whole, that could be a whole episode. In itself right there. Well, yes. And the converse is also true because there've been studies where, where it notices that people get hired for skills and experience and fired for their behavior and attitude. True. You need skills, both, really. Yes, you do. And skills can be up-leveled much easier than behavior and attitude. That's true. That's true. And you got to want to play the same game, right? So there, there's well, that. There is that. They, you know, <laughs> if they don't want to, I, there's a person who exited, a, you know, my Million Quest game who wanted to play a different game than the game we were playing. And I'm going, yeah, no, not doing that. I'm too old to do that, to, 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 to have change the game for you because it's a game you want to be playing. This is my game. It gets to fit me. And I'll tell you, my daily experience is joyous, fun, and I have a huge ROI on the investment of my life experience and energy and money and time and effort. Well, you have a very unique and distinct offering, and that is the ultimate brand presence when you mm -hmm. have something that no one else can replicate or do because it's such an amplification of you you and your superpower. So well done for <laughs> being an expression of that in the world. It's so beautiful to see uh, someone I care about and I've known for a very long time have mm. such a unique position in the world. So thank you for being a demonstration of that today. Michael, I want to have you share where is a resource or something that our amplifiers could um, say yes to today and join you in some way on this gamification <laughs> journey? <laughs> well, uh, you know, obviously they can take a look at the millionquest.com site to examine whether or not that game fits them. But more equally valuable is for them to look at it and see how it's applied. You know, how the whole principle can be applied to business, um, including being on brand as part of the application of the principles of game. However, for people listening, I'm going to offer a document that has the seven elements, which is different from the seven realms, but the seven elements consistent with every game so that you can examine your own games. And I have question prompts in there to help you sort of walk yourself through. And it will be at michaelstratford.com slash gamify. And you can Beautiful. go there and directly download it. Thank and you. I will not be hunting you out, trying to pitch a whole bunch of stuff to you. <laughs> this is just for you because <laughs> generosity is actually part of my game. Oh, I love that. Thank you, Michael. So michaelstrafford.com forward slash gamify. I will link that up in the show notes uh, just in case you didn't have your pen or pencil handy to write <laughs> that down. So wherever you're listening to this, if you just look in the show notes, you should be able to click right through to that. I love asking my guests some fun questions. This is another way to get to know you and mm. see what goes into creating a business, a dream business in this case. Um, Michael, you know, as you look back in your 30 years of coaching, what would you say is the boldest thing 
you ever did that has amplified the success of the work you do in the world? I would say the boldest thing that I ever did was to stand fast to my sense of uniqueness so that even when I was told you have to get a niche. And I was told by my coach training school, you have to get a niche and then market to it. And I went, I, I, that doesn't feel like right for me. Because what I did is that I assented, A-S-S-E-N-T, said yes, to the path that kept showing itself to me, trusting that there was a path that fit me. Hmm. And recognizing that I am one of a kind in the world, as we all are. But a lot of people say that, but it takes courage and it takes perseverance to stick to it. And I was bold in that way. And I stood for it and for other people in it. And it has sourced every bit of my success because I have no competition. No one else can be me. Therefore, they can't beat me. If anybody wants to be me, I will beat them hands down, both hands tied behind my back all day long because I'm an expert on me. There is no replacement. And I am fully embodied in that. That's the boldest thing, the deepest thing. Hmm. Well, it's profound. A living testament to really embracing and amplifying your unique superpowers there. Yeah. Okay. Last question, Michael, sure. looking back from today towards the beginning of your career, is there one thing you wish you would have done sooner because now you know how impactful it was going to be for you? Um, this may not be a match for the way most people think about things because I look at it and I look at where my life is. And my philosophy is, had anything changed, I would not be where I am. So I would not have changed anything sooner, differently. I got fired from jobs. I wouldn't have changed that. Had relationships go into the toilet, I wouldn't have changed that. Because even while it was uncomfortable and inconvenient at the time, if I look at my life experience, I love where I am, which means to change anything if you've watched any of the time travel movies, you change anything back there, you don't arrive at the same place. So loving where I am, that has now profoundly um, affected my ability to experience my daily life and say, this is part of a movie I have yet to see what the future is. So everything works, even when I don't like it. And that's not easy or comfortable. I just don't understand what it's doing in my life at this moment in time. <laughs> so it's like, you know, okay. High five yeah. to that. It's <laughs> yeah, so like, oh yeah, triple bypass heart surgery. Okay. Didn't have this in my smart goals five-year plan. I didn't understand what it was doing, you know, but it was part of my life. I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's part of the game you were playing. It's part of the game and the game, and this is the, the last piece of that is the game reveals the player to themselves, 
and to the world. Michael, you are a true inspiration. Thank you for joining me today and for inspiring millions of people to win at a game that they actually want to play and that brings true fulfillment to their life and to those that they touch. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me come into your game. It's great to see you and watch you in your mastery. It's just, it's a joy. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for tuning in today, Amplifier. Be sure to join us right now in the Amplify Your Authority community at authorityamplifiers.com and I'll share my seven proven tips to be a highly paid expert that stands out in a crowded market. Plus, we're going to keep this conversation going and I want to hear from you how you're going to amplify your authority and make a greater impact. Before you go, please take a minute to give our show and our guests some love over on your favorite podcasting platform. Subscribe, rate, and review. Leave your full name and I'll spotlight you and your authority on social media.